This week on The Business of Lifting Weights, we talk about the importance of tracking your business data, what data you should be tracking, how to track it, and why it is absolutely necessary to grow your gym. on guys this is dave thomas and this is brian pritz and we're back with episode 18 of the business of lifting weights uh just the two of us today yep congratulations on getting the episode correct (laughs) thank you um (laughs) i take that responsibility seriously yeah um today is a good one we're going to talk all about data uh tracking information pretty much knowing all the numbers of your business uh, which is a very obvious thing, but I know not a lot of places do it. Like we didn't really do it for the first few years. Right. I, I know it's something that a lot of people know they should be doing. They sometimes do a little bit of it, but if you're not doing it to the full extent and actually tracking and putting in time, then there's no real point to it. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand, hand in hand with episode 17, talking about stepping away from coaching all the time and going to an actual owner. Yeah, um, absolutely. This, when you, when you make that transition, you have a lot more freed up time for this stuff. Um, it's, it's, if gyms have the opportunity, they should be doing this from the beginning if they're listening. Right. Um, but however you figure out how to do it, if it's now because you have more time or if it's implementing it from the beginning, it's definitely a way to drastically improve your business, uh, drastically improve how you attract customers based on the information that you learn, how you keep them based on the same information and how to just have an overall better community, better experience. Right. You know, I, I, there's a lot of stuff that we've implemented in the past six months, 12 months due to the data that we've collected and kind of analyzing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're right. When we started, we just tracked, you know, new joins and cancellations and that was it. And yeah, that's great to be able to know that stuff, but there's so much more uh, that you learn from tracking a lot more specifics. And we'll get into some of the stuff that we've changed and adapted from uh, the data that we've collected. Um, yeah, and I think it's a fine line, too, to be all data-driven yep. and, like, and know, um, you know, not using your intuition and not using your gut. Right. You definitely want to keep some element of that, but there's certain decisions that have to be entirely data-driven. Yep. And there's if they're not entirely data-driven, they need to be heavily influenced by it. Otherwise, you're just kind of, kind of throwing a dart at the dartboard with a blindfold on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you made the really good analogy before we started recording that, you know, as gym owners and coaches, we're always asking members to record their squats, record right. their time, record their rounds, because if you're not recording and you're not keeping track, then really you're just going about it with a lot of guesswork and a lot of how you feel. Right. And running the business is, is the same exact thing. So you can't really expect that from your members for their gym results yet not be doing that as the owner for your, for your business results. Yeah. So it's just, it's all the same stuff. You have to be keeping track of what you're doing, every single thing that comes through the door, anything that you can and possibly keep a metric of you should be doing. Yeah. And when we started, like we talked about, we didn't track a whole lot of data and you know, we didn't have a lot of systems in place to be able to do that efficiently. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, we talked about last episode with stepping out of the day-to-day stuff and, and more working on the business side. Um, since we've created, you know, some spreadsheets and some ways to track all of this, where a lot of this information is just kind of um, auto-populated and we are able to get a quick snapshot of the data um, rather than like, 
manually writing down every single um, person that comes through the door and all that. Like we have, um, you know, I learned all kinds of equations on uh, Google documents mm-hmm. that allow all this population yeah, new, to kind our of new spreadsheet is so hot. I know, so hot. And actually, like one of the things I'm working on and hopefully will launch at some point in the future is an actual software that takes what I've created in that spreadsheet and actually does a lot more stuff for you. Um, so that's kind of one of my next big projects. Nice. But it's so important that, you know, it's something that if you can dial this in, you're going to see tremendous benefit in your business. Uh, well said. And I know that over the last year since our, you know, our, our tracking and our data has improved, you know, we've just become much more efficient. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what, like, you know, you obviously keep track of the vast majority of all of the data that's, that's collected. What do you think are, you know, what do you think kind of the biggest area of our improvement is since we've had this increase in efforts for collecting data? Um, in, in terms of like stuff that we've changed Just because way, of it? Just ways our business has improved through data. Like what do you think the, the number one way has been? Well, I think the number one is like our whole trial process has just gotten so much better and efficient. And that in turn relates to more members eventually signing up because of it. Um, you know, for me, one of the biggest things is tracking our coaching conversion rates. Um, you know, we have all of our trials coming in and we track what coach is coaching the class that they come to. And I think we talked about it last episode too, but Julianne was like the biggest example of this where her conversion rate was, it was good, but it could have been a lot better mm-hmm. um, based on her being the head coach and just the amount of knowledge and her personality and her ability to connect with people. It should have been higher. Um, and so we found out that her percentage was roughly the same as everybody else's and it should have been better. So um, we were able to take that data and then work with her one-on-one for not a whole lot of time. It wasn't very time consuming to just refine that process for her. And then since then her conversion rate's been like, you know, 90% or something Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, you know, that is a tangible result of more joins, more members um, that are paying you and paying your bills. Yeah. And I think here's why that really matters is, you know, before we really, really tracked conversion rates, you just see the number of people that walk in through your gym and join. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're really paying close attention to the percentage of people who join and the, the the amount that your coach individually is converting and as a staff you're converting, you start to have a real understanding of how many people you actually need to walk through your doors each month. Yeah. So if you point. need to have 10 new members a month, if you need to have 40 new members a month, whatever that you know, profitability plus growing in the right way, plus managing your community, whatever that number is, you know, for us, it's about 30 to 35 members a month. So we know exactly how many people we need to get to try the gym because we know to the number what that conversion is going to be. Yep. So by understanding that, then you can refine your marketing efforts to know the type of ways to target people. And, you know, okay, ours is not a, mass mass communication get every person to try the gym right you know we're really at the point now where we're trying to get the right person to join the gym yep so all this stuff just helps you know if you know those if you know those numbers you're able to to refine your marketing to reflect the numbers you need to hit as opposed to just like nothing synced up you're just marketing with no idea how many people you need and and, and all that yeah that's an incredible point you know just to kind of reiterate that you're essentially just reverse engineering 
how many people you need to come through the door to hit your numbers. So to make things simple, let's just say as a business, you need 10 new members a month to consistently grow um, and you convert at a 50% conversion rate. Every two people that comes through the door, one of them joins. To get those 10 new members, you're going to need 20 people to walk through the door. Right. If you don't have 20 people walking through the door, you're not going to get that 10 new members a month. So you now need to increase um, your marketing efforts or your you know, service to create more referrals or whatever that is to get that number of people coming through the door so that you can get right. your 10 new members. Yeah, I mean, like, so a great example is what we're going through now at Performance 360. September is a historically rather slow month for mm -hmm. us. Um, so, you know, we know where our trials are at for this month and they're not where they need to be. So, you know, we've reopened that discussion. What do we need to do to increase those, increase those trials? Because we know we're not tracking for the right kind of month that we typically would need. Right. So without that data, we would just allow by our standards, a subpar month to continue when, because we're able to get ahead of the numbers, because we know our historical data, we can hopefully cut that off and reverse what would be a subpar month and make it an on par or, or above par month. Right. But if you don't have any idea what the numbers are, then you don't really know what to go off. Of. Right. That's a great point. Like you never just want to accept like, oh, this is a slow month. Like, oh, well. Yeah. And how do you know it's a slow month? Yeah. It's like, also true. It, it's, you know, yes, joins are what ultimately matter, but what your first precursor to that are your trials. So that's, you know, what you keep an eye on, like where are our trials, how many trials are coming through the system. You know, if you know you're averaging five a week and you have three per week or two per week over the last few weeks, you, you know you need to do something. Right. Even though joins might be the same, the fact that if your trials are low, you might have, you might have a marketing problem or a perception problem or right. something that you're doing that you're not aware of that maybe you take a look at and say, what, what are we doing here that we need to improve upon? Because trials are down. If you're not paying attention to the nitty gritty details, you might just see joins and say, oh, we're fine. But really, there may be an underlying issue. Yeah. And, you know, we get it like there is so much to do as a business owner that a lot of times this type of stuff just kind of falls through the wayside. You know, one slow month or whatever, you know, no big deal. Another slow month. Um, you know, it might be three or four months before you're like, wait, what's going on? Um, you know, our numbers are way down. Whereas if you catch that right in the beginning, um, through this data tracking, like, you know, to get on it right away and refocus some of your energy on that marketing effort. Yeah, absolutely. It just really helps. Um, and it is a fine line because you don't want to become too engrossed by it and you don't want to become too hypersensitive to it. It's like we talked about offline the other day, like right. what, what, what's a problem versus what's just completely normal ebbs and flows. Right. But if you don't know the numbers, there's no way to even start that discussion point on what's going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, with, with, <clears throat> excuse me, with September being slow, the first thing that we did was look at September of last year, September of the year before, and looked at those numbers and said, is this, um, you know, is this something that's just normal with the season or is something going on here? And, you know, what we determined was, um, you know, September is just a slow month in general. Yeah, we're um, like three times where we were last year as right. far as trials. Yep. Um, which we would have had no idea if we didn't keep track of that. Right. We probably would have started freaking out. Yeah, and, and like, that, that, that's on? actually a very, like, it's a big point because say we didn't know that and all of a sudden, like, the world's ending. It's yeah. a few three slow three weeks. You start to make changes that don't need to occur, and now you're fucking with your business. Yes. When if you just look at the facts and the science and the data, you're like, all right, we're good. It's yep. just, you know, um, and as you back to episode 17, as you step away from the day to day and you involve yourself more 
I hate that term day to day, by the way, I know, because stupid. everything we do is day to day, just a different kind of day by day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you're allowed kind of more time to get into this. So, um, you know, I know for me, when I, when my time freed up and I was able to really take a look at all the data that you would put together for the first time in a while at the beginning of this year, I had to really get used to that, mm-hmm. um, not being so reactive to it because right. you see like one week you have 10 joins and two cancellations and mm-hmm. you're like, we're killing it. And the next week you have six cancellations and one join and right. it just evens out. So, um, yeah, kind of, kind of treading into that and having an understanding that it's going to take you a few months to really wrap your mind around the numbers. The first as you begin to kind of track everything, right. uh, you have to give yourself a few months to really see patterns and, and see trends before before you you make reactions to Absolutely. them. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and to go over like some of the stuff that we actually track, um, you know, in the trial process, uh, you know, we did episode twelve, um, creating a trial pre- process that generates trials. It's one of my favorite episodes, by the way. And converts them to members. Yeah, very good episode. Um, definitely listen to that. Um, trials are the most important thing, the kind of lifeblood of your business. If those trials start to dry up, then, you know, you have a problem and, you know, your business isn't going to continue to grow. Um, so on like the trial front, um, we track a lot of different things. Number one, um, the day of the week that people come try our gym. Um, it's crazy how front loaded it is Mm -hmm. Monday, Tuesday, um, have a lot of trials. And then after that, it slowly dips off. Um, time. So we have, what do we have? 13 classes throughout the day? Something like that. Something like that. Um, you know, with 13 classes throughout the day, we track what times people are coming, um, which is a big one because, you know, if you constantly see people coming at certain times, you know, that might be something that, um, you need to adjust your schedule, you know, over the long term. Um, and a lot of that is market dependency. In Pacific Beach, I don't think we have as many early risers um, as a lot of other places. For example, like 5 a.m., we don't do a 5 a.m. class. Just because there's, <laughs> yeah, I think there's demand uh, for by one person. Um, I just hope one day, like he maybe listens to one of these and <laughs> see that every single time we bring up 5 a.m., I tell him to suck it. I know. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. Um, so in addition to day of the week and time, um, because we have two facilities that are in close proximity, um, we track which location they're trying. They're close proximity, but they're also so different. Yep. Um, so that's something that's very important for us knowing, like, do people prefer one or the other? One location is directly on the water. It's almost head to toe windows. Yep. It's very bright. It's very beachy. And the other one is very garage gym. It's very... Um, bare bones. It's very minimalist. So two totally different feels that we're trying to even out Right. another podcast episode. <laughs> but that information is highly important to us. Yeah. I mean, if we find out that, um, you know, one location is converting at a terrible percentage compared to the other location, well, that's an indication that there's something that is not right about that location. Maybe it's not as friendly. Maybe, um, you know, the atmosphere is a little bit different. So it's that's something to then put your focus in so that you can bring that percentage back up to the other one. Right. Um, and that's something that's just like so clear cut. It's like 25% of the people are joining at this gym and 75 at the other gym. Well, something's going on there. Um, and then it's obviously from there figuring out what the deal is. Mm -hmm. But, um, another big one is gender. Um, you know, gender is huge. 
typically in this type of gym atmosphere, it's predominantly males um, that you know train at these types of gyms. We're very lucky in the sense that we have what is it, sixty percent women? It's probably like somewhere around fifty-five, forty-five now. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, we we actually did some things to try and generate a few more male memberships. Um, because we were actually at 60% and like starting to skew higher with the women. So we wanted to even out. So I think that's a great thing because I, I do believe that women training at your gym is extremely important for the overall vibe. Of course. Um, if you're not creating a, a comfortable atmosphere for women, you are limiting yourself of half the people in your town. Yeah. And that's just like, come on, that's just obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we also track uh, the show up rate. So, um, you know, let's say you get 10 trials in a week. How many of those actually show up mm-hmm. at your door? Um, which, well, that was one of the things that surprised me is I thought if somebody's going to fill out the information to try a class, why would they not show up? Uh, not human beings. <laughs> human beings are fun. Uh, 6 a.m. is my favorite. There's like a, I don't know, 50 or 60% show up rate to the yeah. 6 a.m. But the reason that's so important is is – you know, you might think, okay, so for us, we have a very accessible trial process. You go on our website, perform-360.com. If you f- want to follow along, you click the Start Here button, and you're taken to an immediate join page. We went over this in the trial episode. But <clears throat> what I'm always interested in is, is that is that trial information too accessible? Mm-hmm. So by tracking our show-up rates, let's, see we had, let's say we had all these conversions on the website of free trials, and we find out, 25% are showing up. Okay, it's way too accessible. Way too easy. So, you know, it's not it's not just about people filling out the form, it's about creating a process so it's refined enough to where you have to do just the right amount of work to show up and everything is just kind of synced. Yep. So the follow-up email that people get, everything works and supports one another. Um, so that's why that show up rate is massively important. Yeah, and because I know if, if we see that start to dip, right. then we know we need to adjust that process. Right, and you know, back in the day, um, I forget what episode we talked about this. We used to have a much more extensive process for signing, you know, signing up for the trial class, and everybody that signed up showed up to a class, which may sound great on the surface, but then you're only getting those people that are like, I'm so into this, I'm going to put so much effort into signing up for this trial class that, you know, I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm going to join. But there's a lot of people that are... you got to get people off the fence. Yeah, off the fence. That's exactly it. There are a lot of people that are on the fence that will show up and just absolutely love what you do, but unless they show up, you're not going to get that person. So Yeah, we went through that whole, like, Goldilocks process of like, this one's too much, this one's too little, like this one's just right. Yep. Um, but the, again, the only way that we knew that is by religiously tracking all of the numbers from every step along the way. Yep. And every single market and every single gym is going to be different. So you can't just copy somebody else's trial process and be like, oh, we're good and forget about it. You have mm-hmm. to do the work and kind of find out what that sweet spot is for you and your demographic and your market. Yeah. What were some of the prizes? prizes i was like we gave away prizes <laughs> what, what were i've been doing that a lot just straight up saying the absolute wrong word um i called movements movies in class the other day when i was coaching um what were some surprises for you in all the stuff we track day of the week time which gym show up rate conversion rate gender that really 
surprised you and, you know, maybe caused you to take a look at how we do things that you otherwise might not have if we didn't have that data? For me, a huge one was the gender, Um, not in the sense of um, people coming through, but what we found out was we had way more females coming to try the gym and a way uh, lower conversion percentage of those females. So we had a ton of females coming in to try the gym but the conversion rate to member was much lower than the guys. Which means, on the surface, very attractive to come in. You heard great things. You were into the brand. Yet when you came in, something was missing. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that was like a big one for me because at a membership of 55 to 60% female, I thought that those would be the easy converts or converts. <laughs> converts. <laughs> we're killing our words today. <laughs> Um, so I thought they would just be the ones that showed up and joined, but it right. was the exact opposite. We were getting uh, so many heavily skewed females to try, but not to join. So um, essentially, we were having to do a lot more work to maintain um, that female population. Yeah, and what that then tells us is like it all goes back to that episode. What did you say it was, 12? Yeah. Yeah, it all goes back to episode 12. Like You have to put in so much effort to your trial process that people are excited they sign up to, to try a class to, to get their assessment, but when they're there, it's such an intimidating place. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be putting in a lot of effort to break that down, create that relationship immediately, create that trust. Yep. So when we were able to kind of just like put that under a microscope again, and it's a process we're, we're st- is still ongoing, you know, we're seeing those numbers increase, um, which again, we wouldn't have realized there was something wrong simply if we, if we weren't following the data. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it just really helps. Um, and lastly, obviously, we've kind of talked about this, but conversion rate, um, conversion rate for coaches, conversion rate for location, all of that stuff. Um, as you get better, your conversion rate should go up. Um, you know, starting out, probably a little bit of a hit or miss um, with people that come in and whether they join or not. Well, what should people's conversion rates be? Um, well, I mean, to compare it to ours, we're at about a 62% conversion rate. So out of every hundred people that come through the door, we convert 62 of them. Um, you know, I haven't done or like every 10 people that come in the door, we convert 6.2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great way to look at it. What part of the body would <laughs> be that point two that converts? I just completely ruined your point with a stupid joke and interrupted <laughs> your momentum. Um, yeah, I don't even remember what I was exactly talking yeah, 62%, about. Oh, yeah, 62%. Um, I literally don't even remember. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about 62% and your recommendations for gyms, how they're going to grow, like what numbers they need to hit in order to, to be hitting their appropriate trial numbers. Yeah, um, I don't know the numbers of a ton of other gyms. I know um, – the few gyms that I have talked to owners or, um, you know, looked into that's significantly higher than them, but, um, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. It doesn't need to be. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's one of the things we always talk about. Like, you know, when you're the owner of the gym and you're the owner coach, there's going to be a level of that you care more than anyone else in the building. Yep. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's your baby. It's your money that's invested and you're the one who has committed everything to it, and your coaches are going to get up to speed over time. But as you start, your numbers are going to likely be higher. Yep. And it's why we are just really fanatic about the coaches' percentage and why we're always working with our coaches and kind of helping them get better at that. 
um, like our yours and I, your and my conversion rate is high nineties and one hundred percent. Yep. Um, so we like for we, the we, for the year for the year for the we, entire we literally year. convert every person that comes yeah. in, and I don't consider myself like an overly. I don't consider myself good at sales or a salesperson. Right. I was literally the worst salesperson of all time. Yeah, Pri- and I'm prior like, to my old prior prior to opening the gym when I was in that job. Yeah, and both of us are very anti-sales, yeah. and I think that's a very important part of it. So again, listen to our trial episode, but it just goes to speak on the the power of processes yep. and following a process, keeping it simple, keeping it friendly and relatable, not jamming it down people's throat. I don't want to get off on a tangent on the sales process, but if you don't know your numbers, you have no idea whether or not you need to improve. Yes. If you're 30% one month and then 80% and then 20% and then 50, like you need some type of feedback on how you're doing. And it's, it's more than just, is the gym growing? Is it not, is it not growing? Right. And you'd be surprised at, you know, for the amount of time that we've been tracking now and doing this properly, you'd be surprised at the consistency of the numbers of all of our coaches um, and ourselves. You know, it is, you know, within 5% every single month. So it's like these people have their own individual process down. Um, and yes, it can obviously always get better, but it's just like, it's consistent. You mm-hmm. now know what to expect. You can project your business over the course of the next six, 12 months. Right. Um, and it's much Great easier point. to plan and kind of, you know, run the business that way rather than it just being a crapshoot every month. Yeah. Like I'm a very big believer in, you know, for the most part, leaving your coaches alone to coach Mm -hmm. how they're going to coach. I don't believe in that in the trial process. Everybody needs to be doing the same thing. It needs to be a homogenous process and it's going to be delivered in a unique way based on coaches communication style, but the steps of service checkpoint is not deviated from. Right. And that's something that we're pretty, uh, I don't want to say like hard on the staff, but like we, we pay close attention to it and we get with coaches for retraining as soon as that number dips. Yep. And if, if that number dips, we just beat them. Yeah. Beat them with mock them. Yeah. Give them <laughs> verbal insult. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. You know, I, I can't stress enough the, the trial process and the conversion percentages and just knowing those numbers um, because that is, by far and away the number one most important thing. Mm-hmm. So um, again, listen to tw- episode 12, um, which goes through our trial process and um, you know, you can learn a lot from that. So then what do you track on the actual, what do we track on the actual trial form? And the reason we're talking so much about trials is obvious statement, but these are people coming into your gym. Right. So it all, it all starts there. That's the information kind of gathering jump off point. Right. So what are some specific items that, you and I have collected over the years that we're collecting now that that we pay attention to that improves how we how we run the business. Uh, first and foremost, their name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get their name. <laughs> um, no, um, so obviously all their you know main information, their name. We also get their email address so that we can um, follow up with them. That is a crucial crucial part. Um, because not everybody is going to join on that day of the trial class. And that's an important thing to throw in there is the conversion rates we've been talking about. It's not always like that. Right. So it, we're not implying that somebody leaves with a membership in hand. Right. It's that, that happens quite a bit. But this this stuff you're about to talk about 
also helps those conversion numbers. Right. And it, it all starts with this data collection. Yeah. Um, so email address so that you can reach out to them after. Um, we ask how they heard about us, where they were referred by, whether it was... So a, how they heard about us, meaning what? Meaning, did they were, were they told about us from another member? Um, did they find us through our Facebook and Instagram accounts? Um, did they find us on Yelp? Did they find us on a Google search? Did mm -hmm. they Basically, how did they hear about us? Mm -hmm. How did they decide to come into the gym? Um, and we'll get into a little bit more on that um, a little bit later in the episode, but um, that stuff is in itself extremely important. And even who of those members who referred them. Yeah. You know, absolutely. if you have a member that's just killing it with the referrals, like like John brought yep. in five of his coworkers last week. Like I, I shot him a text like, yep. hey man, I just want to thank you for referring those members. Like that that stuff really helps. Yeah. So you know, saying thank you to members who might consistently show up on those forms. Um, really goes a long way in making people feel appreciated and continuing to refer those people. Right. I mean, uh, you know, imagine if you refer a business five people and they never say anything to you. You know, that shows you that they just honestly don't really give a fuck. Yeah, or, or take it for granted. Or they're not tracking this. Yeah. Um, both negative things about that business. So um, absolutely right. Um, you know, finding out who specifically referred that person is huge, not only for... Um, saying thank you or whatever it is, but also, um, you know, when you follow up with them the next day, um, you have specific information that you can use to tailor your email to get more interest, get a response. Right, because you're handwriting every single follow-up. Yep, They don't absolutely. enter a drip campaign. Nope, not They're at that They're getting point. a handwritten follow-up from the owner targeted to what they filled out on that sheet. Yep, um, and that goes hand-in-hand -hand with some of this other stuff. Um, you know, we also asked what their former gym was and why they left. Yeah. Sorry. So one more thing on the member is for me, it also is an indication of what's the type of person that refers people to our gym. Very good point. Is it beginners? Is it moderate? Have they been here for two years? Is it in their first six months? Is it the advanced members? Because the people who refer are going to, you know, photocopy the membership. Like that's how the gym is going to grow. Yep. So if you find out, why are only advanced folks referring members? Yep. Okay, we need to pay more attention to beginners or vice versa. It just really, you're able to get a sense of, of how the business is doing in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we also, like I said, we track their former gym, why they left that gym. That gives you a ton of information um, about very, that person. Very, very, very important. Yeah, about that person and you know what they're looking for in the sense that they left this other gym for a reason. So, um, you know, how can we tailor our experience so that that doesn't happen with our gym? Yeah. And that's one thing that I've started to be a little more aggressive on, um, in the classes that I've coached is if I see somebody who's coming from a, maybe not a competitor, but quasi competitor yep. CrossFit gym that's in the area or maybe a few miles away and they'll write, you know, came from X CrossFit. Like I, I will ask them personally why they left. Mm -hmm. Um, not cause I'm trying to get in any type of like shit talking mode. Right. I just, I want to know cause I, that's important info. Yeah. Like very important. you need to know more than just it costs too much yep. because value is perception. Yep. Why did it cost too much? What, what were you not getting? Yep. And then you'll get more valuable information that you can put on that form. Um, a really good example of all of this is there was recently a gym, uh, that closed in the area. Um, just one day people tried to sign up for classes and they found out it was closed, which 
Which gym can without saying it on air? Uh, I I you wouldn't know what I was talking about without saying the name. Okay. Um, but one of the members came in and tried a class, and they wrote on the forum what the gym was and the reason they left was. Was this recently? Yeah, uh, two days ago. I'm so curious now. Yeah, I'll tell you <laughs> after. Um, but you know that is an excellent opportunity. A gym just closed. They have X amount of members. Maybe that's time that you tailor a Facebook campaign to those people that have liked that page. Very easy to do. Can can you get your phone out so I can schedule a meeting with you after this (laughs) podcast? Um, The only problem I was going to say is the type of member that goes to this gym is not the perfect member for our gym. There are some there, I'm sure. Damn it, Roger. Um, But, you know, if that was a more direct competitor that yeah. does similar stuff to w- what we do. That is just an incredible opportunity to just nab all those clients. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, we also check, um, track, uh, people's goals. So what they're coming in the gym to achieve. Um, I think that tells you a lot about the type of person that are coming, that's coming in through the door and what they want to see out of the training. Um, and I've personally just kind of like looked at every single form that comes through and you, start to see these trends of why people are coming through the door. And then it's all of a sudden you have all this information about how to tailor your experience to these people. So I've, I'm actually curious about that. And I bet people listening are as well. Like I've always just had the impression that there's all these check boxes. So over time you're going to get a very homogenous, like a little bit of this, a little bit. Of it. It's just not, it's hard to differentiate, but what are some, what are some common things that you've learned from that goals and what people are looking for. The majority of people want a place that has a combination of fat burning, performance, strength, and then they also want to learn lifting technique. Um, Those are the top three choices that people select out of that. And it's just like over and over again. And there's definitely like some other stuff that they check off um, that are here and there. But the average person does not come in for one specific thing, but they're looking for that general all-around program. This is incredible free information that we're giving out, by the way. Yeah. Don't don't steal any of our stuff. Yeah. I'm Actually, like, I think that's why we do the podcast, to help people out with yeah, this. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> this is, yeah, I mean, this is information that, you know, we've taken time to gather that, like, you need to be doing in your own market, and it's just, running a business is the most difficult thing I've personally ever done in my life, yep. but this makes it almost easy yep. because you know exactly what is going on you're kind of you're kind of pulling the curtain back on what the market is and what they're looking for and what what they perceive you as being able to provide them yeah absolutely um, so you know kind of going back to the data that we collect on this form and how it directly applies to increasing your membership base is I take all of that info that they put on that sheet and I write a handwritten email in addition to I tell Uh, We tell coaches any sort of conversation that you have with them about something specific to write it as notes on the form. So coaches will actually like write notes. And I think we discussed this in our, Mm -hmm. in our other episode. 12th time we've recommended episode 12. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you guys should just stop what you're doing and listen to it. (laughs) Um, But they get a handwritten email. You know, a great example is, you know, if somebody is from Northern Virginia, where you're from, where, coach julianne's from where i spend a lot of time you know i will make that connection and be like oh you know one of the owners dave and our head coach julianne are both from there i spent a lot of time there we have a lot of members from that area instantly that's like oh my god like i'll feel right at home it's hilarious i had that 
backfire massively last really? time I coached. <laughs> there was a girl who came in who had just moved from Boston, and mm-hmm. like we have so many Bostonians in the gym. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like you're, you'll fit right in here. Like I, we have so many people from Boston in here and I think maybe she moved for a reason that she did not like Boston. <laughs> and she was like, oh, so I'm at the wrong gym. And I was oh. like, oh, no, uh, backtrack. Yeah. Um, I think that's a rarity. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, the amount of times that that type of stuff works to make that feel that yeah. person feel at home and i mean it, we ended up laughing about it and it was something that even you know broke the ice even further than yeah. that yeah but it was just funny that, that <laughs> was the first time that had just completely blown up in my face that is really funny actually <laughs> um they must have had a terrible experience in boston yeah um so yeah so in that email that i write i reference all this different stuff reference their goals um, how our training fits their goals and all of that stuff. And then that conversion from a follow-up email tends to be pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just like an easy way to spend five minutes and write a personalized email based on the data that you've collected on that form. Mm-hmm. Super easy. Yep. Um, and then, you know, going into memberships um, and how we track that, um, and you know, I wanted to mention this because I hope that people are using some sort of software to process payments, uh, to keep a schedule online, um, so that people register for classes and also something that kind of runs a lot of the business data for you so that you can pull reports and just kind of see all, all of that. Um, if you don't do that, I know a few gyms that haven't done that in the past. And I think you gave me an example once where you were like, um, you know, I was talking to this gym owner and he didn't have any software to manage his class schedule and mm-hmm. he would have like 50 people show up to one class and then like two to another class. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is just setting yourself up for having, giving terrible experiences right. to both sides. Um, so, um, make sure that you have some sort of management software. We use, um, uh, mind body online. Um, we have good things to say about it, some things that they need improvement on, but um, the important thing is to have something. Right. Um, and in our memberships um, or our members that do come in, we track, again, gender, um, referral source, like we've talked about, um, previous gym and why they left their previous gym. Yep. Um, and all that stuff, again, gives you just a ton of data about those people that um, not only just try your gym, but then ultimately the people that want to be a part of what you're doing. Right. Um, and that way you can target your marketing efforts. You can target uh, your brand image and all of that stuff to your type of consumer. Right. And I know we've recently started tracking experience level two with specific movements yep. and specific technique. You know, you put uh, weights experience and people will think you're talking about dumbbell curls. Yeah. So uh, weight, Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, like very, very technical um, experience to get an idea of just who's coming in through your door. Yeah, and you'll get an idea of if you're getting very high-level members, if you're getting people that are, you know, beginner that have never done this stuff, and there's pros and cons to both. Um, you know, what we found is there's a larger market of people that are wanting to learn this stuff. Um, so if you are constantly marketing and putting yourself as, like, this hyper-advanced gym that only caters to, you know... Um, high-level athletes, well, you're just eliminating a whole large part of your market. Right. Um, so you It's know, like the, what we've said in many episodes and what I firmly believe, like the beginner is the lifeblood of your business. Right. Absolutely. Um, 
and then moving on from there, um, you know, unfortunately, every gym is going to have cancellations. It's obviously your idea to never lose a single member, but that's just not possible. Right. Um, but when you do lose members, why do they leave? You know, you can learn, again, a lot more about your business and how to make it better just by what type of person leaves the gym. Yeah, it's very important. Um, you know, the, this is – it's at the end of the podcast here, but this is – Probably this is on par, if not more important than the trials, because yep. it goes hand in hand. Because you know, I made a mention to you need to know exactly how many people to try your gym every month to hit that target number. Well, that target number is based entirely off of the cancellations. Yep. And when you're starting out, and that community is very small and it's hyper condensed, um, you get less cancellations. Yep. You just do. Mm-hmm. As you grow and it gets more diverse and it gets more populated and it gets spread out a little more, you're going to see that number go up. Yep. So for us, that's one that I watch extremely closely. Yep. And, you know, we're always – we're at about 4 to 6% on that um, as far as our churn rate goes. Depends on the time of the season. But those numbers are very important to know because when we were going through a rebranding last year, we based that solely off of the churn percentage. Yep, absolutely. And we were like – we're up at 7%. What the fuck is going on? Right. And 7% is low. <laughs> yeah. But that was very high for us. And so we made wholesale changes that ended up cutting that back in half. Right. And once we did that, we went from the lowest churn percentage we ever had, lower than when we opened with one location at 600 members with two locations, mm-hmm. we were at the lowest we'd been. Yep. And we would have had no real idea. You know, we would have seen numbers and cancellations come through, but until you actually see a data point attached to that and the actual percentage right. kind of put in your face, you really don't know. And that just that was just tremendously helpful for us to see um, that to see that number in, in that churn percentage because yeah. that's you know, it, it's easy to treat the new person right, right. but your churn percentage is going to tell you how you're treating your members, right. and that's the shit that matters. Right. So you need to have your finger like on the pulse 24-7 on what that cancellation information is, churn rate, and then all the stuff you'll talk about now as far as, you know, things that we collect and, and information that we gather. Yeah, and I, I actually want to like harp on that a little bit because we, like you said, and I don't know if people can understand or grasp what we did, but we had just a total brand overhaul Mm -hmm. with what we did based on this data that we were collecting for, you know, however many months. Um, And most of the decisions that we make off this data are relatively small here and there. Right. You know, little tweaks here, little adjustments here. But this was like a major brand overhaul where we changed our logo. Changed the website. Changed the website. We changed like everything that was client-facing, new member-facing, everything. and it had a dramatic impact on our business. And mm-hmm. we would have never done that had we not paid close attention to this. Yeah, stuff. like we went from at the end of – I always mix up my years. At the end of 2014, we were at like 560 members mm-hmm. um, at the end of our third – fourth year. Third year. <laughs> I'm lost now. <laughs> yeah, I'm so lost. All right. Well, so he, I'll break it down like this. Um, we were up at about 580 members at, at one point. Yep. Over the course of five or six months, we saw the total membership go down and the churn rate right. go up. So what that did for us was that's what caused the complete overhaul yep. is paying close attention to that. And now we're back up 
higher than our membership has ever been. Right. But the point of it is when you're so busy in the day-to-day and you don't – you're not looking at the exact number and the exact percentage. You're really just kind of like – it's almost like you're in the room that smells like shit <laughs> and you're used to the smell. And so you don't really know. It's a great analogy. When as opposed to like you walk in and you're like, Ugh, what is that? Yeah. And like when we were coaching and, and in the quote day-to-day, yeah. we, we missed it the first few months. And we backed out, looked at the numbers – kind of bird's eye view and that's what kind of snapped us out of it yeah yeah that's a tremendous point um thanks hey you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) um so with that cancellation um we obviously find out you know if it's more males or females canceling um we get a rating so when you submit your cancellation um we have a uh button that they rate the gym basically how was their experience um we also ask why they left. So, um, you know, generally people are going to give you a reason. Majority of the time it's accurate. There are some times that people probably don't give you the true reason, um, which is why we also send a follow-up exit survey that's anonymous. An- anonymous yeah. um, so that after they cancel, a few days pass, they get a link to fill out an anonymous survey to let us know how we can improve the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we get a good amount of valuable data on true reasons that people left and, you know, nine out of 10 of them are very accurate on what they submitted in that initial cancellation survey. Um, but occasionally somebody divulges a little extra info mm-hmm. on, you know, you know, maybe they weren't happy with the class times or whatever it was. Um, so that if you start to see a consistent theme, then you know that, you know, this wasn't just a one-off person. That, and that That's the key, consistent Consistent, theme. yep. Um, that you know this wasn't just some person that you know was unrealistic in their expectations, but um, this might be something that you need to start to improve on um, as a gym business. So. And what that also does is it 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 cross checks: Are you getting the right kind of person in your gym? Also true. Because if you're, you know, you'll be able to differentiate: Is this stuff that we're messing up on that we need to fix, or was this person just not a fit? Right. Like if they're filling out something in their cancellation form that was like workouts are too hard or I don't know like what's one was we lifted too many weights okay we lifted too many weights yeah. that's an that's a failure on our part mm-hmm. that did not filter that person out of the gym right um you know so it's gonna it's gonna fact check you on our are, are your are your branding efforts are however you market your gym are those syncing up with how your gym actually is right um so that that'll tell you that information for sure yeah um, we also collect average membership length, um, and the frequency of their membership. So, um, like a lot of gyms, we offer different tiered memberships based on how often they're coming. Um, and we used to have a membership that we found people lasted way shorter. You know, their average, average membership was like four months when they were on this plan. Which one was that? That was the one time per week. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we just nixed that right away. It was just like. That was probably dumb on our part to even yeah, offer that. Because I remember we offered it to keep people who <clears throat> like did other things right. or traveled before we just said we don't want people to do other things. Right. Yeah. Um, and we got rid of that. And then our average membership length um, went up dramatically. So, um, you know, that that's definitely important. And then um, membership but length. I don't want to gloss over that because had we not tracked that and we just saw average membership length coming down we would have thought there was a flaw in our entire process. But all it was was just one shitty membership that we offered that wasn't making any money. Yeah, 
So we Great just example. we just cut like the infected part off and everything else was fine. Right. Um, yeah, very good point. Um, really been complimenting me on my points today. You've been making some like excellent points <laughs> in addition to our general outline of the show, which great. Yeah, you're very quick thinking today. I'm on about four hours of sleep, so I <laughs> got to keep that up. You should get four hours every night then. Yeah. Um, and going back into that membership length, um, not only is that important to determine how long your members are staying, obviously. Um, but that also gives you the average value of each client that comes through the door. Right. If the average person stays 12 months and um, your average membership price is, you know, $100, let's just say, um, then you know the average new person that walks through the door is worth $1,200 to right. So then you can start tailoring your marketing and how much money you're spending on advertising um, to be able to generate the members that are going to last a year and you know how much money they're going to bring it, you're going to bring in for each individual and then how much you can spend, how much you're willing to spend to get that member to last a year. Absolutely. And that, that's a, that's a great point. I'm going to compliment <laughs> you on your point. Uh, that's a great point because you might look at cost per acquisition and think I just paid a hundred bucks for that member. Right. And that's high. That's high. However, when you're taking a look at the fact that maybe this member is worth $1,500, that's low. Right. And without that objectivity, you would have just said, I'm not going to spend $100 on a member, so right. I'm going to cut off this marketing. Yeah. Um, and then you can also, if you want to take that a step further, not to go off on a side tangent, but you know, if you say uh, the average member refers one other member, then each member that comes through the door is now worth double Twice that. that. Yeah. Um, so there's all kinds of stuff that you can get from that. Um, you know, and we talked a little bit about this before um, with our what we track with our coaching conversion percentage. Um, and we've used Julianne as an example because it was just such like a night and day difference. Um, so when we track our coaching percentage, which she's always been high, like right? It's always, yeah, that. it's always been high, but um, we when, work much more closely with her because she's our head coach and she filters down other stuff. So exactly, it's not like she was struggling with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and. You know, with what we did specifically with her is we found out that she was not and she was not going into a trial with the idea that this person was going to sign up no matter mm -hmm. what. Um, she was going in with like, oh, I hope they sign up. Mm -hmm. But when you what I worked with her on was setting the expectation from the second that she walked that that new member walked through the door excuse me, that new trial walked through the door that that person was going to join. See, you even just called them a member right there. I know. Yeah, you <laughs> just, like, literally expect every person to walk through your door, expect them to join. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the kind of confidence that you should have. And when she changed that, her number skyrocketed. And that's, that's amazing. And as our head coach and coaching the most trials, you know, that, you know, I, I don't know the exact number right now. I have to look at our sheet, but that's an extra, you know, six people a month. Yeah. That, we're now getting yeah and that's like the whole point of this is six people a month like cool right, right. yes that is cool yeah. and it's like you you take that number and you you multiply that out and you know if it, you know the reason we work with our coaches so much is let's say every coach just signs up two more members per month then all of a sudden you have a number that is very per, very projectable mm -hmm. for the business by not really trying any harder just doing a little bit uh, of a more focused effort in certain areas. Right. So those are, you start to get to the level where the numbers 
the numbers are what create all the improvements. Mm -hmm. And it's just that slight percentage, but that stuff adds up and adds up and adds up. You talked about the average value of a member being something like $1,200. Well, then if, if people are just doing very slight adjustments in how they do things, that is really, really going to add up for your business. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, th I think that's the big difference from being an average gym and being a successful gym is just paying attention to a lot of this little stuff. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, there's not a whole lot. Is there anything else that we track with the coaching staff? Um, I, I, I don't think so. It's mainly conversions and working on. Not, um, I mean, just from a, a business end right. on this, uh, no. There's, you know, obviously a ton that we do coaching and whatnot, but right. from from the business end, I, I don't think there's anything else. Okay. Um, and then kind of the last category um, that we track is monthly and quarterly joins and cancellations. So we talked a little bit about this before is, you know, if you have a slow month or a slow quarter, um, you know, we track that in a separate spreadsheet as um, monthly, quarterly, and year to year so that we can see annually, quarterly, monthly, you know, in September, um, last year, the numbers were this, the year before they were this and the year before they were this, so that you can see this month is actually very compared, you know, very average compared to everything else. So, um, because September is a slow month, um, historically we can expect to have a slow month. Maybe our, um, you know, outside spending goes down a little bit on some certain other stuff. And we start applying that more to marketing, um, all that stuff so that you can see just that broad overview of what's going on. Um, and I think that you mentioned it before that allows you to not make such like harsh, drastic decisions based on, um, you know, micro data, if you will, so that you're not just, um, overhauling everything because I think that's a terrible look to members when you're just constantly changing things. And, um, we've done that in the past and it's not worked out well for us when we're constantly changing things. Mm -hmm. So, um, that stuff is very important. And also when we, implement new processes. Um, for example, when we changed our foundations program, you know, we have notes on what month we did that. And then we can track data from the beginning of that to, you know, the current period of time, which I think also um, is very important to see an, a broad overview of what's going on based on your changes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like the, that foundation change, that's something that we're still, I would say, in the thick of seeing yeah. how it's doing, observing it closely, seeing if it is having any impact on keeping members or better right. teaching new members. Um, and you know, the, the jury is quite frankly still out on it. Um, but I think what the data does is it really takes your own bias from the decisions you make out of the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, when you have a great idea, when you hire somebody, you tend to be tied, you tend to be emotionally invested in that decision because you want to see it work. It's right. just human nature. Right. So the data is just the ultimate equalizer, and mm -hmm. it'll tell you, like, this is working, this is not working. Yep. Um, which most gyms are run by one person, two people, a few people, that it's almost like your own business partner yeah. <laughs> that comes in and doesn't really care about the emotions of it all. Right. Just the provide the facts. Yeah. And then you can bring the human element, but these are the facts, and they don't change anything about them. Yeah. A good example of that is class attendance. Mm -hmm. Um, there's been a lot of classes that we've, um, implemented or, you know, switch timings around and stuff like that. And that data of how many people attend each class just instantly gives you right. the answer to that. That's a little bit more, um, purely data driven. If there's not X amount of people coming to this time slot, well, 
you know, it's time to switch it up. Yeah. But I think even that's absolutely true. And I, I think even with the, the class stuff, there is that little bit of gut and instinct with it. Um, I think it like really depends on the type of person that's in that class. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've run classes before that we've seen, quite frankly, members we don't want right. come to and bad fits for the gym that, that churn out. Barbell is an example of this. Like we have like very loyal members, long-term members and people that really want to focus on that, that come to the noon class. Right. And that fucking class is driving me <laughs> insane because there'll be like four people in it sometimes. Right. And that's a prime example of would otherwise be removed. Right. But because you look at the, you look at the scenario of who comes to the class, it changes it a little bit. So yeah. the data always, always drives the decision, but you, you have to always factor in that slight element of the human nature to it and you know that's a very good point because you know as we track the other noon classes that are there on other days um they're not overflowing there's no wait list or anything like that so we know that there's not that much advantage to removing that yeah um and i think that's where a little bit of that human element comes where if we just look at pure numbers it would right it would be gone but because we're looking at you know the type of people like you said and um, a little bit more into that on the human element, you know, we keep it. So yeah, but seriously, if there are any P three sixty members listening, <laughs> this is your last call for noon barbell. <laughs> Show up or it's seriously gone. Uh, um, that's all I got. You know, that's a lot of um, a lot of stuff that you can start implementing into your business, um, and you'd be surprised at how much you can learn from all that. So, um, you know, hopefully. Down the road, if I can get this software up and running, um, or not up and running because it doesn't exist yet, um, <laughs> but if I can get it built and then uh, up and running, uh, it's something that we can share with other people and they can they can use it themselves. But cool. Um, till that point, spreadsheets. Yeah. Um, also, I want to just say thank you to the gyms that we've had who do listen and some of the coaches. It's been fun to like hear about the different gyms and coaches that listen and reach out. Uh, so please continue to do that. If you are a gym or a coach, uh, we definitely want to hear from you, um, how you like the podcast, how it helps in topics that maybe you would like to hear. Um, because we're obviously just one gym and we have our own unique issues. Um, we would love to hear what some of the other ones are if it's stuff that hasn't been covered. So yeah, um, definitely reach out to us. You can email either of us, Dave or Brian with a Y at perform-360.com. All right. Thanks, guys. See you.